0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And I want to read a single verse of Scripture to you today. As you're turning there, I think that this word needs to have two disclaimers, okay? The first is this, or the first disclaimer on the message. I am not preaching this message from a place of achievement, okay? Sometimes when we read stories or, or we, as a teacher, as a communicator, we express things that are in the Bible. How many of you know the gospel is large and it stretches our small lives to grow? This is a word that God gave me a couple months ago, and I'm going to tell you this. It's stretching me. I haven't achieved it, but I'm aspiring to live by it. Can I have a good amen? I think it's good when you open the scriptures and, and you really you lay your soul bare before God. God will speak to you about areas of your life that you need to grow. And so what I'm talking about today is an area that I, I pray that God gives me the grace to grow in. Okay, so please filter everything I'm saying through that experience. Okay, I'm not. I've not arrived. I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Okay, so that's the first disclaimer. The second disclaimer is this: How many of you know there's a difference between eating tater tots and eating steak? Some of you just like what? Tots? Did he say tots? You know, you can eat tater tots and you just pop them left and right. Eat five, six, ten of them. How many of you are in your mind right now? You're at Sonic. <laughs> you can eat tots on the go and the next thing you know, you've, you've, you've eaten all your tots and you're like, wait a second, I'm still hungry, okay? You can pop them pr- pretty quick. It doesn't take much. But if you're going to eat a steak, how many know you can't be in a hurry when you eat a good steak? How many likes a good steak? How many likes a piece of meat? I mean, filet. I'm talking that lean cut. And it's, you like it seared on the outside, but it's nice. And How many like a medium? How many like your steak medium? How many like your steak medium rare? Oh, yeah. And you just slice that little bit off. And you, you got to take your time to make sure the flavor of that steak. Some of you are drooling right now. You just you don't eat it like tater tots. You can inhale tater tots, but with steak, you got to take your time and let the juices and flavor of that bite just marinate in your mouth. God's word is like filet. And this word today, we're not going to rush through it, but bite by bite, morsel by morsel, we're going to let the juices of this verse just marinate in our spirit. Can I have a good Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. So I'm like, man, I'm hungry for the word right now. I saw some of you lean over and tell your spouse, where are we eating after this? Don't say Sonic. Come on, man. You're not going to Sonic. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 20. One verse. It's just a handful of words. But let's, let's eat this bite by bite. Here we go. Ready? Ecclesiastes 5, 20. The Bible says, God keeps such people... Somebody say such people. Now these are the people that we want to be. Okay, we're going to find out about such people. When I read this verse two months ago, I thought, Lord, I don't know who you're talking about, but them people, I want to be such people. Okay, here we go. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm 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 mm. Mmm. Come on, hum at me right now. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, yes. Let's rewind that and try that again. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Did you catch it? God, let's just substitute such people for our name, okay? This is a promise that you can put your name into, all right? God keeps me so busy enjoying life that I take no time to brood over the past. Now, can we walk through this verse word by word, phrase by phrase? I have six thoughts to bring us to the completion of this promise. This is such a good word. And, and, and it's stretching me. Father, I want the fullness of this verse in operation in my life. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, it starts with God. What's the first word of the verse? Come on, it's not a trick question. Somebody say, God. This all starts with God. The results of this verse cannot be accomplished without God being first. If God's not first chair in your life, then no other chair that you sit in will ever make sense. Come on now, talk to me. How many know in life we're going to sit in a lot of different chairs, a lot of different seasons, a lot of different roles, a lot of different assignments, but if God isn't first chair, then no other chair is going to make sense, and we've used this illustration before, and I see a lot of fellas with a button-down shirt in here today. How many of you have ever been in such a hurry getting dressed that you put yourself together and you run out the door and you realize that your shirt is kind of all knotted up? What What happened? You didn't get proper alignment. And here's a little trick. If you'll just take that top button and line it up with the very first space, how many of you know that every other button falls in place? It's the same way with God. When you put God in his rightful place, everything else comes into alignment. And God being first is essential to us, not only experiencing the promise of this verse, but for life to make sense. Are you with me this morning? And and this is why I feel so passionate about this word today for us as a church, because you need to know Healing Place is a God-first church. We're all about the purposes of God. We sang about it earlier today, the name of Jesus. Every environment at Healing Place, whether it's a Sunday, whether it's a, a student environment, maybe it's a small group environment in a home or at a business or at a school, any Healing Place church environment, our goal is to make it all about Jesus. Have you discovered that your life works out better when you prioritize God? God first. God has to be first. Listen, you'll never become the best version of you if you leave it up to just you. Now you're missing this. Don't, don't go tater tots on me. Slow this thing down. You will, how many of you know there is a divine design for your life? When God created you, there was a a purpose of heaven. There were specific blueprints that that are in God's heart when he puts you together. You will never become the best version of yourself if you just leave it up to yourself. You've got to seek the help of a higher one, somebody that knows a little bit better than you, God being first. If God's not part of the equation, then your life never makes sense. God has to be first in our priorities. He's got to be first in our prayer. He has to be first in our practices. Our priorities, our prayer, and our practice. How many of you know that whatever you put God first in, then the rest is blessed? I mean, it does. If you want your marriage to be blessed, put God first in your marriage. If you want your kids to be blessed... Man, put God first in how you direct and lead and influence and instruct your children. How many want your money to be blessed? Man, we want God to bless our resources, then what do we do? We honor God with the first. What God, we give you, we put you first in our finances, and then the rest is blessed. In fact, this is a biblical principle in Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said it this way, but seek first. Somebody say First. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all of these things. Somebody say all these things. You see, if we seek, then God adds all these things. The problem is we have this verse flip-flopped. We try to seek and accumulate all these things and we neglect putting God first. But really, he simplifies this and says, if I'm first, if you seek me, my kingdom, and my righteousness, then I'll take care of all of these things. We seek, he adds. How many of you like it that way? Too many times I've tried to add things into my life, and I've neglected the priority of God, and my life has been difficult. This whole verse, it starts with God. Now, look at what it says. God keeps me so busy. Come on. Somebody say so busy. Second thing I want you to write down, number two, write down the word preoccupied. This is good. You're going to like this. Preoccupied. Have you seen kids and how they use technology? How many of you have children in your family that when it comes to an iPhone or an iPad, they can get a little preoccupied? Just totally consumed. Interesting, I heard this study about three weeks ago. They did a study with kids in technology, and they gave kids iPads and put them in familiar rooms with familiar objects and their family and just turned kids loose. And so kids are, are engrossed in what's in front of them, and so what the, the, the study did, they begin to remove some of the familiar objects out of the room, and the kids never even lifted up their head. Didn't even realize it. And then their family members began to leave the room, and complete strangers walked into the room, and they still were totally oblivious. It wasn't until they disconnected the Internet. When, when they did that, then the kids looked up. And they realized, wait a second. Where am I? Who are you? I mean, it's like it never even dawned on them that anything was happening around them because they were so preoccupied with what was in front of them. Now, watch this. I wanna be so preoccupied with the goodness of God. I wanna be so consumed with the goodness of God in front of me that I'm oblivious to the distractions of the devil around me. I wanna be in my lane. Come on, how many of you know you got a lane? And, and, and turn your name and say, stay in your lane. If you'll stay in your lane, the lane that God has created you to walk in, and if you can be so enthralled with the goodness of God, be consumed with the goodness of God, be preoccupied with how good God is to you, then you're not gonna care for what happens to your neighbor next to you. Because sometimes we get out of our lanes, come on now, we start to look at other lanes. Oh, I like what I, what's in that lane. Well, I see what, how God's blessing that person. Well, I want a little bit of that in my life. And then, you know, wait a second. We neglect what, what God's doing in front of us because we're paying attention to everything around us. God keeps me so busy. I'm just, in, I'm just busy enjoying the goodness of God. I was in the gym not long ago, and I see this, this guy working out, and he was a hulk of a man. In fact, you know how the Bible says when we get to heaven, we'll have glorified bodies. God had already given him my, my glorified body. I just said, oh, okay. Well, at least I know what I'm going to look like when I get to heaven. Hey, holla. But he, he was wearing this bright neon orange shirt and it was an HPC parking shirt. Okay. I thought it was so cool. I think we ought to show our love and appreciation for all the parking team here at HPC. They're amazing. We love you. Thank you for keeping us sane. Thank you for being kind to us on the way in. And now, This guy was wearing an HPC parking, neon orange parking shirt, but he was so big that he had to cut the sleeves off, <laughs> and he cut the neck out. I'm like, man, hey, if I had arms like that, I wouldn't wear sleeves either. But I thought, when I saw this at HPC Park, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go talk to that guy. Which is, a, you know, it's a little, when you're in the gym, there's certain rules of etiquette, right? You know, especially if they got headphones. The guy was wearing headphones, and, man, he was into his routine. So I had to pick my moments. So I was just kind of waiting. It's kind of, hey, dude, hey, hey, I like your shirt. And he was doing, like, bicep curls. Hey, man, I like your shirt. And he said, what's that? I said, I like your shirt. He said, oh. Okay, thanks. Just kept working out. I'm like, no, hey, dude. (laughs) I like your shirt. He's like, thanks. Just kept working out. I'm thinking, dude, who did you steal that shirt from? You ain't going to healing place. Like, bro, I'm thinking, I go to your church. But here's the thing. He was so preoccupied in what he was doing that he wasn't going to be distracted by anybody else. And my prayer for you is that you're so consumed with how good God has been to you that you don't have time to be distracted about this or that. And I'm going to tell you, the devil will use this and that. Somebody talk to me today. God first. It all starts with God. God keeps me so busy I'm preoccupied. Oh, I'm just, hey, I'm going to tell you this. And before I reach the next portion of this, I pray that as a church, we will focus on what's right with God instead of being consumed with what's wrong with me. Or that we would be, we would focus on what's right with the church instead of being consumed with what's wrong with everybody else. You know, there's a lean, there's a bent if you'll be focused on the goodness of God, i am telling you what, he will give you so much to talk about. You, you can talk about how the kingdom of God is growing in such a magnificent way and everything that's right with the church. Now, I know we live in a fallen world, and I know there are problems. I'm not saying that you have to belittle sin or overlook sin. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is this. If you'll focus on who's right and what's right, then who's wrong and what's wrong is not going to interfere with your life. Are you with me? God keeps me so busy enjoying life. Number three, write down the word joy. Everybody say joy. Oh, this is important. Tell you something about joy. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is not an emotion. I'll even say this. Joy is not an event or even an experience. Can I tell you what joy is? Joy is a person and his name is Jesus. And if you're going to experience joy, if you're going to be full of joy today, you're going to have to do it on purpose. You can't wait for a feeling. You can't wait for an experience. You can't wait for an event. Well, I'll be happy when I'll be happy. How many of you've heard people say that before? Well, I'll be. I just can't wait to get out of school. I'll be happy when I get out of school. Or I'll be happy when, when, when this relationship or this, this job or this paycheck, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. When, listen, when are you going to be happy? You're going to have to make a decision today. I'm going to be happy today. You know why? Because this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't get caught up in running the race that says, I'll be happy when. You know why? Because that race has no finish line. It doesn't. You'll be running your whole life, and you'll go from one empty experience to the next empty experience looking for something to do for you or someone to do for you. I'm going to tell you what. They can't do it. You're not going to experience anything in this world that will bring joy and satisfaction to you like Jesus can. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4. He said, rejoice in the Lord when? When? Now, so, in other words, you're not going to wait on anything to be happy. You're not going to wait on a person or a pay raise or an experience. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, Paul says, in case you didn't get it the first time, and again I say, rejoice, exclamation point. Can I tell you this? To rejoice is a choice. I've had to make a decision in my life. I will be the happiest man in the room. I don't care where I go. I'm gonna walk into that room, and nobody's gonna be happier than me. Not gonna do it. I'm sorry. I know we got a lot of happy people up in here, but all of y'all are fighting for second place. I'm happier. I am happy. So Mike, how in the world? I made a decision years ago. And we stepped into leadership of the church, and people were asking this question Oh, it's such a big church, and there's so much responsibility, and how are you going to pay bills, and what about staff, and then all the problems? Your life is just so hard. I just feel so sorry. I'm <laughs> thinking, I didn't know if I should be scared. Lord, am I? Wh- what? No, 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 no. How many know if God calls you to it, He'll equip you for it? He'll give you what you need. So I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the happiest person at HPC. I step up into this building. Nobody's going to be happier than me. There are some days I feel like I need to call Joel Osteen. (laughs) Joel. I'm saying, Joel, listen, I know you're a happy guy, but next to me, you look depressed. (laughs) I'm teasing. But listen, how many know you got to make a decision? That you're going to be happy. Listen, because it's not based on happenings. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on a relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it from me. If the world didn't give it to me, then why am I going to lease my joy to somebody else? Come on, somebody. Mm. Paul said it again in Romans 12, verse 11. He said, never be lazy but work hard and serve the lord how enthusiastically turn to your name and say i'm happy right now my dad my dad used to threaten us some of you have parents like this my dad would say boy you better find a way to get happy come on moms dads how many of you yes indeed he said son i will help you find your happiness Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm going to bring joy into whatever environment I step into. Sometimes I'll bring my kids to school and they they get irritated at me. They do. They do. They say, Dad, you are the happiest person in our family and it is disgusting. (laughs) How many know there are two kinds of people? Those who love to wake up in the morning and those who hate those who love to wake up in the morning. (laughs) I'm praying. I'm I'm telling Hey, listen, this could be the best day of your life. The best day of your life. I'm just speaking that over them. You're going to have so much fun today. And I'm praying, Lord, put the fun back into learning. God, let them walk down the halls with a song in their heart. And I'm just speaking this over them. They're not really appreciating it too much. (laughs) God keeps me so busy enjoying life, watch this, that I take no time. Number four, don't waste time. Can I have a good amen? Don't waste a single solitary second. Because every day that God has given us is a gift. Do you know that? When you woke up this morning, God's gift to you was this day. Now, you know what your gift back to him is? How you live it. Now, here's what's interesting to me. There's a lot of diversity in this church, and I love it. Different people, different experiences, different cultures, different ethnicities, different backgrounds. But you know the one common denominator that unites all of us? It's time. We've got the same amount of time. Did you know that God gave you 24 hours yesterday? God gave me the same 24. 86,400 seconds God gives us each and every day. And you know what? I don't want to waste a single second. And believe me, there have been times when the enemy has robbed me. He's, he's stolen from me. Moments, days, weekends. Come on, how many have ever been mad at, or in a relationship and hadn't worked out right and it has just ruined your weekend? How many has ruined your week? How many ever had a bad month? Come on, how many, some of you, years. Hello. I'm not trying to speak toward any anger. But listen, the scripture says in Psalm 90 verse 12, Lord, teach us to number our days. Why? That we may gain a heart of wisdom. I'm going to tell you this. When you learn to count your days, you make your days count. Count your days so you can make your days count. I'm tired of surrendering precious moments of my life, the enemy coming in, robbing from me, stealing from me, creating doubt, discouragement, pain, hurt, heartache. I'm just not going to surrender any of that to the devil anymore. You know, he's, he's stolen from me long enough. It's time that some of you, you need to go to the enemy's camp and you need to take back what he's stolen from you. It wasn't his to begin with. Now, maybe he took it from you, or maybe you surrendered it to him. Whatever the case may be, you make a decision today that I'm not going to waste any time. I'm not going to surrender another moment. I'm going to start right now. This day, this moment, this hour, Lord, I'm taking inventory of my life, and if there's anything from me that I have surrendered, Help me to identify what that is. And Lord, give me the courage and the strength to take it back. Time is the currency of life. I thought about even this morning when I woke up. Lord, this may be the last sermon I ever preach. I don't know. You know why there are no guarantees? How many know tomorrow is not promised? It is not. Proverbs 27:1 says, don't brag about tomorrow. You have no idea what a day may bring forth. I woke up, I said, Lord, if this is the last day I have on earth, in fact, I went to bed last night and said, God, if you wake me up tomorrow, I promise you won't regret it. God, I'll give you everything I've got. Woke up, new day, church, the house of God, this message, I thought, you know what, I'm going to preach it as if it were my last message. Think about it. If you lived every day as if it were your last, now you better plan as if you're going to live forever. But you better live as if this could be your final moment. How many know that's going to change what you say? It's going to change what you do. Fellas, say the things to your wife that you need to say. Express the love for your kids that you need to express. Step out and take the risk. Some of you have been afraid to take the risk. And what if? And I'm not quite sure. Listen, if you knew that this were your last day, what would you do for the kingdom? Don't waste any time. I take no time. I'm not going to waste a single second. And yet, the enemy has robbed us. Some of you, right now, you need to evict the enemy from your life, from the space that he's occupied in your mind. You need to pack all of his bags and you need to put all of his stuff in a box to the left, to the left, and kick him to the curb. Say, I'm done with you. Uh, uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. You have been taking up space in my mind and in my life way too long, and I put all your stuff in a box, and you're gone. Can I have a good amen? Amen. Don't waste time. The Scripture says, God keeps me so busy enjoying life that I take no time, now watch this, to brood. Everybody say brood. brood. Now, when was the last time you used the word brood? Yeah, how about never? <laughs> I don't ever remember saying brood. Makes me sound like I, 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 I need to be sipping like tea. Brood. Brood. Uh, brood, what does it mean? What do you mean brood? Can I tell you, I looked up the word brood. Here's what it means. Here's the Hebrew for brood. Check this out. To dwell on. When you brood, you dwell on something. It means to wallow in. Oh, Yes. Hey, what picture comes to your mind when I say to wallow in? Yeah, a pig, right? It's a, when a pig sees mud, what does he do? Just get all down in it and roll around and just take that stuff on him. and Man, he's just wallowing. To brood means to dwell upon. It means to wallow in. Watch this. It means to sit upon to hatch. What picture comes to your mind? You think about a chicken or you think about a mother hen. What does she do on that nest? She broods over what's underneath her. Those eggs are being incubated and she's brooding. Now watch this. When you brood over negativity or you brood over the past, you literally give life to something. Something's being hatched in your life that you now have to live with. And, and the scripture says, wait a second, if I'm so busy, if I'm preoccupied with the goodness, I'm so busy enjoying life, I'm not going to take any time to brood over the enemy, to brood over my failure, to brood over yesterday. I'm not going to incubate, I'm not going to produce life or make room for anything in my experience. Because I'm gonna tell you this, look around you, what are you giving life to? You can decide what, pr- what you produce. Some of you need to make a decision. I've been dwelling. I've been wallowing in. I've been sitting upon things that I got no business sitting upon anymore. Today is a different day. God keeps me so busy enjoying life that I take no time to brood over the past. And the last word, I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I'm going to pray over you. The last word, I want you to write down the word yesterday. Everybody say yesterday. Take no time to brood over yesterday. Now, there's something significant about yesterday, and, and, and let me talk you through this just briefly, and then I want to I pray over you before we leave today. The significance of yesterday is this. Why would you look to yesterday? There's only one reason to learn from it. Here's where the, the, the value of the past comes in. We learn from the past, but we don't live there. Do you see the difference? I hope that when you lay your head on your pillow tonight, that you do reflect over the events of the day. And you learn from what's behind you. But you don't live in what's behind you. You look to yesterday to learn whatever lessons to celebrate God's faithfulness and to recognize his sovereignty in your life. But then there comes a point where you have to say, you know what? Yesterday ended last night and today is a brand new day. Otherwise, the things of your past, they start messing with your present. And then every present experience is influenced by a past failure. And you know what it does? It limits your future. I was watching a football game a couple weeks ago. It an NFL game. And I forget who was even playing, but I remember kind of being slightly dialed in because one of the defensive backs was a former LSU player. And so on one of the plays, he had missed an assignment. There was a busted coverage, and his man ended up catching the ball and scoring a touchdown. So, but I noticed that the next, the next series on defense this same defensive back, when the quarterback threw, tr- tried to throw to the same receiver, he picked the ball off. He intercepted it. And so the, the guy who was announcing the game made a comment, and he was talking about how significant, how important it is for athletes who play at that level. He said, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to blow coverages. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to execute everything well. But he talked about how important it is to learn from that failure and then put that behind you. He talked about some of the players that can't put the past behind them and then it stays in their head. And that last series, it messes up the current series and then they take themselves out of the game. And I thought, Lord, what an important lesson for us as a body of Christ. You know, we acknowledge and we recognize where we've missed it in the past. That's why God sent Jesus. That's where grace comes in. Jesus doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. But then once we bring that to the cross and it's under the blood, then we move forward in new grace, in new power, stepping into a new season. And the promise of Ecclesiastes 5.20, it comes full circle. See, listen, it starts with God. If you don't have God first in your life, none of, this thing, none of the things I said over the last 30 minutes are going to make sense. It's not going to happen. But if you let your past mess with your present, you're going to struggle through this thing. See, the book ends of this verse. It starts with God, and then it ends with, you better learn how to deal with your past so that everything in between. God keeps me so busy enjoying life that I take no time to brood. I'm just not going to do it. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225 753 2273.